listening to Humanize Me with Bart Campolo. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Welcome back if you've been here before. Welcome to you, John Wright, because I know you're here. I am. How are you, Bart? I'm good. I'm good. And I'm, I'm always glad when I hear your voice on this on this podcast because it means we're going to we're going to have a conversation together we're going to do one of those Q&A shows. That's right. I and really like the Q&As. I do too. I do too. And 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 I, I according to the according to the feedback that we get a lot of other people like them too. Yes. I so that's I, true. I I feel like in the Q&A it's you and me and our core humanize me audience having a conversation all together about how to have better relationships. I think that's true. And it, and it tends to be fairly straightforward, right? It's not dealing with, you know, some huge conversation. It's one question usually yeah, of some variety and uh, we can try to answer it. And sometimes we get there and sometimes we don't. Yeah. And what's interesting is, is that to me, I, a, couple, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, it was like, I didn't feel like we really answered the question. I feel like we, we wrestled with it. And, uh, and I heard from a lot of people and they said, that was nice to wrestle with you. Like, yeah, you know, that was good. It's good to wrestle sometimes. Yeah. I thought um, so too. And I, and I think it's nice when no, there, there may not be a pat answer for everything, or there may not be like a perfectly, there may not be a perfect answer. Sometimes it's just like, Hey, here's what we got. And this is an especially good week for the show because at least from my perspective, because we tried that contest idea, which I I didn't think would work. It was Scott's idea. Our buddy Scott said, we should try this because we had these three copies of Jessica Wilbank's book, When I Spoke in Tongues, you know, who who, who we had on the show last week. Yeah, I and, thought she was a great interview. Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, I, I'm getting so many people that are just going, I love her. Um, mm -hmm. And that was, it was a great conversation. And so I didn't think anybody would do it. But evidently, Scott says 18 people went to the trouble of posting a review of the show and entered the contest. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now, and we have 111 reviews now, which is, I think, really cool. Right. And, and Scott says that that actually vaults us into a place where we're, we're more likely to be recommended to people um, by iTunes when they're looking for likes religion shows or spirituality shows or like be a good person shows. And um, so it's really helpful. I mean, honestly, if you love this podcast, like one of the nicest things you could do would be to just go to iTunes and take five seconds and just post a review. You didn't have to yeah. say anything nice. <laughs> you could put like this, you know, this show sucks. And like, it would still help us. They're um, all right. But anyway, 18 people entered and Scott did a random drawing. Uh, he didn't explain to me how he did the random drawing, but I trust him. Because I wouldn't have done a random drawing. I would have looked for, you know, like, I would have I, I would have looked for somebody who I thought, like, really needed to win the contest. I, I would have <laughs> cheated. And so these are legit winners. Um, and it's J.C. Murphy and Ben Ernsberger and Lexi Powers. Which, All by right. the way, Lexi Powers, if, if that sounds like a superhero. I name. know. That's a great name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so there you go. JC, Ben, Lexi, thank you for 
playing. Thank you for reviewing. And thank you for winning. Okay, so there's that. Now, you ready for the question? Before we go to that, uh, is it okay if I mention Roman's music? <laughs> well, uh, or are yeah, we allowed to do since that? Since you just did, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, I can't. I, we don't have to include this, but yeah, I, no, we didn't talk about it. But like you did, you you found his music on how did you? What, what yeah, happened? I went on Spotify. Uh, Roman, who is Bart's son, he's got two new songs, and they're really good, really good. Yeah, you didn't see it coming, did you? No. Well, I I knew that they'd be good because I knew he'd been working on him for a while i gotta tell you he's he's so cool but he's really excited i mean yeah he, i mean he's a wonderful person but like he's really excited because he had worked on this music but then he got management and then they got a label and then they you know all these things have to, all these ducks have to be in a row all these contracts have to be signed right so he's sitting on this music for months i mean like the project that he the songs he released i, I mean i think he wrote those songs two years ago uh, I don't know, but the bottom line is he's been excited. He's been waiting and, and nobody's known what he's doing. And these songs came out and evidently, I don't, I don't know if I told you this, but Spotify put them on their like new song Friday list in England. So I, I saw him post that and then I saw him post um, on his Instagram that, that he had then been added to the new songs US as well. Oh, that's a big deal. I haven't talked and, to and him. That is real. That is a really big deal. Yeah, Marty told me that. Marty told me that like ten thousand, like they like it already. Like the first day, it had like ten thousand downloads. So good. Yeah, it's just really exciting. Yeah, I guess yeah. the only word for it. So anyway, if you're looking for it, he goes by Roman the Cartoon. Yeah, if you go to Spotify, just look for Roman the Cartoon. You ready to cut to the question? Sure. Let's go do the question. So, uh, you know, normally we do a question from the crowd, from the, from the community, or from uh, anyone who wants to post on our Facebook page. Uh, this time I thought I'd ask you one of my own because I was watching Bill Maher's show Real Time on HBO the other night. And he, had, he, he does this sort of monologue at the end of each show, and it's, he works on it all week, and it's one of, you know, sort of like parting wisdom. And his sort of parting monologue at the end of what's actually his last show of the year is that we should stop talking politics with each other in, in the context of our personal lives and let it be more of a private thing like, like he says it used to be. And so, uh, Bart, I wondered, as someone who had a very serious conversation over Thanksgiving with your parents several years ago about leaving the faith, and we talked about that in the, in the film that I made on you and your dad, uh, what do you think of this idea and how should we conduct conversations with our families and our friends over the holidays? Um, and maybe, maybe do you have any advice about topics that are good for such occasions and topics that are not? That seems to me to be a very appropriate question, John, because not only because this is Thanksgiving week, but because we just came off that conversation with Jessica Wilbanks. Uh, you know, which was kind of all about her ongoing relationship with her family around all sorts of difficult issues. And you got to think like there must have been some really interesting holiday meals in that family. Oh, my gosh. And, and you know, and, and in my coaching and counseling, I mean, I'm constantly talking to people who the biggest struggle is with their families around issues of politics and faith, which are often related. Because a lot of times when people's faith changes, their politics change at the same time. Right, right. And I guess like 
like I'm wondering, you know, as you pulled that, as you listened to Bill and you had that question, like, is this something that, like, is this, is this your question? Like, is this something that happens to you or is this just something you see all around you? I mean, it is something I see. This year is going to be a little different for us because we're going to be with some family members that we don't get to see all that much. And so I do sort of wonder, you know, how, how these conversations will play out. I'm not worried about them. I think that it'll be good, but it is, it is something that, that I hear a lot, you know, people suddenly get around people who they're not sure if they can handle a conversation about politics or ideology of any sort. And so, yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing I thought about almost immediately was your conversation with your mom and dad, which was over Thanksgiving several years ago. When, when was that? Was that like 2012, 2013, something like that? 2011, actually. 2011. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been, a, it's been a while now. And that was atypical. I mean, that's sort of like my coming out conversation. But I think like what happened, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like I was thinking like, why do you think that is so awkward? But the weird thing about Thanksgiving is, is that people end up spending a lot of time together in one room or in two rooms. You know, like they're, they're just there for the day in many cases. Almost every other holiday, there's something else to do there, there's some other focal point whether it's opening gifts or you know and watching the kids chase eggs in a garden or something you know uh, hunt for eggs i guess but like thanksgiving it's just a meal and and people and so you do so it does open the opportunity for i, I suppose just like conversation unguided conversation yeah like or, or there's pressure like there's supposed to be conversation right yeah. You know, there's somebody in the family that says like, let's go around the table and each say something that we're thankful for. <laughs> but I, I think the other thing is like, you're, you're a lot of times you're, you're with people who you care about a lot or who matter a lot, or at least who matter a lot to people that matter a lot to you. Like, you know, your aunt may not matter to you, but it matters. She matters to your mom and your mom matters to you. And what your aunt thinks of you matters to your mom. So therefore it becomes an issue. Um, but they're not necessarily people you know very well mm. or that, or that you're very practiced in conversation with. I think that probably the most important thing to say about dealing with your, about dealing with families at Thanksgiving is, is that you got to prepare yourself for, for the, the family that you will actually be having Thanksgiving with, not for like the general family. Like there's this weird sense in like, you know, eight tips for having a good Thanksgiving with your family. And you go like, you don't know my family. <laughs> you don't know my Aunt Martha. Right, exactly. Like uh, one of my favorite Tolstoy quotes is at the beginning of Anna Karenina, you know, he starts out with like, all, Hamlet, all happy families are alike, but each unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. Yeah. And there's a great truth to that. Like when, when I walk into a happy family in any culture, like you could be in the Middle East, you could be in Asia, you could be in Haiti, you could be at, like in Newport Beach. There's a sense in which even though the culture is different and the dress is different, and the food is different, there's a way people laugh with each other or talk with each other. There's kind of a rhythm that you sort of go like, ah, yeah, I know where I am. Yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't say that necessarily – you know, like unhappy is a very strong word, but less than every less than fully functional family is less than fully functional in its own way. 
And so I think it's really important that people stop and ask themselves like, who's gonna be there? Like, like, it's almost like when I'm gonna get ready to have a conversation with somebody on the podcast, like with Jessica or with anybody, I read their stuff. I, I try to, I, I watch a video of them if there is one. Like, I try to figure out like, who am I talking to here? You know, what do they care about? What, what, what are they comfortable talking about? And sometimes I feel like at these Thanksgiving things, people don't stop and go like, okay, who's going to be there? Let me, let me run down the list and not just go like, oh, my Aunt Mary, but like, go like, okay, let me think about Aunt Mary or Uncle John, you know, un Uncle Joe or whoever it is. And like, let me, let me think about them the way I would think about somebody I was going to interview or somebody, you know, somebody I was, or somebody I was going to like apply for. If, if they were, if I was going in and, tr and trying to get them to hire me. That makes sense. I mean, do you think that there's something to be said for not engaging certain people? I mean, is that, is that what you mean? Or do you think like if, if Aunt Mary just can't, you know, we're, we're too different, we shouldn't talk about certain things? No. I mean, I, I, I think that it's it's a question of how do I engage with these people? I mean, almost by definition, you're going to need to engage with people. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there may be people you can steer away from, but like the, the whole reason people dread these holidays sometimes is because they know like, I'm going to have to be there. Or even if I don't engage this person, like they're going to be at the other end of the table holding forth about, you know, Donald Trump or holding forth about, Bernie Sanders and, mm -hmm. and I'm like, and, or they're going to talk about Christianity in a way that like, I, they know I can't stand and they're just poking at me, like seeing if they can get a rise out of me. So sometimes, you know, not engaging really isn't a possibility. Mm. Um, but when I say prepare, I don't just mean prepare for battle. What I mean is figure out like, what's your goal? especially if you're going in like with a partner or like if, if I'm going to my wife's family or, you know, if, 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 if the kids and I are going to visit this relative or, or this group of people, like, what's the goal here? Why are, what are we, what are we going to try to get out of this experience? Because sometimes I think like we go in there and, and we don't have a clear sense of what we're there to do. And so yeah. sometimes you might go like, look this year, it is all about like grandma is getting older and you know, like this is going to be all about focusing the attention on her and making her feel good about herself. Or, you know, this is all about like, what I want to do is there's some little kids in the family and I feel like, and you know, what I want to do this time is I'm going to really focus on trying to make the little kids feel involved or there's this one person in the family who always seems to get hammered by everybody um you know they, they always sort of end up being the the, the butt of the jokes or, or the brunt of the conversation and like my goal this year is to protect that person like i'm going to try to mm -hmm. i'm going to try to shine good light on that person but i think that if you set a goal it's much easier to then gauge when you should speak and when you should listen and how to engage. If you go like, well, let me decide, like, how does this advance me towards my, my preset goal? 
Okay. Yeah. Does it make that makes a lot of sense to me? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I guess I, it never occurred to me to go into a family gathering like that with any kind of game plan, you know, like it, let alone one that is like sort of goal oriented as far as conversation goes or so, you know, I, I think that's interesting. Well, you know, like when, when I, I remember, I mean, you did when you were younger, like when you were going to visit your girlfriend's family for the first time, you had a goal. Oh you're, yeah. You're, yeah. Right. You, you wanted to shine. You wanted to like impress people or, or you wanted to convince sometimes, you know, I remember in, in certain situations, I wanted to convince people that I was safe or that like I was, a, I was, a, I was a good choice. Mm. Um, or sometimes there's somebody in the family and you need to convince them that you're Christian enough. Yeah. And so you would look for opportunities or that you're social justice oriented enough or that you, you know, or that you're, or that you're a reader. And so you would look for opportunities to like work in, well, I, you know, I was reading this book, you know, because you, there were things, there were points you were trying to make. And so, you know, you, sometimes you do game plan right. and sometimes it's about what I want to show these people about myself. But I think as you get older, it becomes more about what I want to make these people feel like, what do you want? What do you want to leave people feeling? Well, I was going to say, like, I, that it is for you. I don't know that most people think that way. And that's, that's what you're saying is maybe this is something you can think about. Well, one of the reasons it's such a good thing to think about is because it gives you something to do at a Thanksgiving. Mm. I mean, I remember once being with my mom and my mom was like, there was one member of our family who was just a dull guy to talk to. And he just didn't, you know... He just wasn't that interesting. And she was like, I am going to find something interesting to talk to him about. Like I'm going to probe <laughs> and push. Like I'm going to get, like he would never get excited about talking about it. She pushed and pushed. And finally she got him talking about, he, you know, he had been a, um, a uh, milkman. He had delivered milk his whole life. And she got him talking about like, what routes he liked the best and like why and what neighborhoods were, you know, what, what were the stories he had on his route? And he just lit up. And, and like, I still don't think it was that interesting a conversation for her, <laughs> but she, what she, what she was doing was she was seeing like, can I light this guy up? Right. And when it was over, like it was a creative endeavor for her. And I like, I think that that's one of the reasons that you sort of want to have some goals when you go in is because it, it's a game within the game. You know, it's, 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 it's some way in which it's not just, uh, a, it's just, it's not just dinner that you have to endure. Right. And it's also not you looking, if your only game plan is, I hope that I get, you know, praised, or I hope that people will listen to me, or I hope I get to say what I really think, you're often going to be disappointed. But if you go in with a goal of shining the spotlight on somebody or making somebody feel listened to or um, being super helpful in the kitchen, you know, in a way that you've never been helpful in the kitchen before or, or serving a particular member of the family in a way that you haven't. Or like, you know, I'm, I'm, I've, I've gone into situations with my wife where, you know, b both family situations and sometimes like party situations where I know she's nervous and I go like, my job is to be her wingman. 
like is to never like is to is to you know is to make sure that she ha- that she feels safe and comfortable. So even when I'm across the room, I'm going to I'm going to look for her, I'm going to make eye contact with her, I'm going to send her the message and I'm with her. As we're walking up to the door, I put my hand around her and say, "Look, you and me kid, I'm with you." You know? And so sometimes, you know, your your goal is to support somebody in that situation. You know, as a mm-hmm. parent, sometimes your goal is like, "Look, I, what I want to do is I want my kid not to disengage." I like my goal here is to try to try to bridge people into conversation with my kid so they're not prone to just go on their phone. Mm-hmm. And you sort of go I like, that's a, that's a big one. Right. Right. So, so, I mean, I think that, that's the thing, like, you, you, like a lot of times we go into a situation and at the end of it, we we're disappointed, but like, think, think ahead. Like, what will you be disappointed by if it happens? And then think, how can I, how can I prevent that from happening? Or how can I proactively make the opposite happen? Okay. One of the surest ways that you can make the conversation at Thanksgiving go well, and also to keep it away from nastiness, is to make it about the other person and their life and their self, rather than about a subject like abortion or healthcare. You know, like it's, it's funny, there's this article in the New York Times, I think it was today, um, where they, and it wasn't apropos to, to, to necessarily to holidays, but it was an article about how to have a good conversation. And they interviewed Terry Gross, who is the host of the NPR show Fresh Air, and who, by, incidentally, I once did jury duty with. Did you really? I mean, we didn't get picked, but like she was there and I was there and that's hilarious. And I, yeah, it was very cool. And she didn't look anything like I had her pictured from her voice on the radio. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. People often, often don't match. Yeah. And, uh, she's a great interviewer. She's fabulous. And yeah. she's interviewed a lot of different kinds of people. So anyway, the, the, in this, in this article, she gives like eight tips for being a great conversationalist. Mm-hmm. And one of them that was really interesting, she said, you only need one opening line. For, to be a good conversationalist. And I thought like, what is that line? She said, the line is, tell me about yourself. She said, don't ask, what do you do for a living? Or how, you know, how's school going? Or, you know, what's happening at work right now? Or are you still dating that guy? Like, don't ask any question that sort of narrows the focus of the conversation. Because then the person will naturally tell you what they want to talk about. Open-ended questions. What they're comfortable talking about. Yeah. And so you, you might say, well, how can I ask my grandmother, tell me about yourself? Like, duh, she's my grandmother. I'm supposed to know. And I think you go like, tell me about this year. Tell me about this past year. You know, what, what, was, what was your year like? Or tell me about this moment in your life. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're 83, you know, you're living in this new place or you're living, you're living in your old house. Like, what's it like for you to be 83? Like what's, what's this moment in your life like? Or like you're 16, tell me about this moment in your life. Tell, what's going on? Like, tell me about yourself at 16. I think the other thing is like, you can talk to older people about like, take me back. Tell me about this other point in your life. Like give me a little history lesson. And that's, you know, and what's interesting is when people start talking history lessons, they, they, a lot of times 
that takes the conversation into into realms of relationships, into realms of like stuff they like to do. How, and, oh yeah, it opens right up. And it takes them away from stuff like how they feel about, you know, immigration and and border walls and Yeah, no, that's you know, a good point. Amorosa and whatever. <laughs> I think I think the other thing is is that as prepared as you need to be to ask good questions, you need to be prepared you need to be prepared for the questions that are bound to come your way. And not just like, like they're going to ask me about dating or they're going to ask me about, you know, where I'm going to church or they're going to ask me about school. And like, if you know it's coming, like think of it like, like in a job interview, if you know what they're going to ask, think about your answer ahead of time. Now, specifically on the thing about going to church, um, you know, I'm just thinking a lot of our listeners may be in that position yeah. this week or, you know, next month when it, when it comes to Christmas. Do, do you think they have an obligation to, I mean, how much disclosure do they need? I mean, what are the dynamics there, do you think? Again, I think it depends on the family, but, and I think it depends on the person, but, I, you know, one of the things that I think is really appropriate is, or, or might be appropriate is to say, you know, like, I, I don't really, like, I don't really have a good answer for you on that question right now. Like, I, you know, or, you know, lately I've found that my spiritual life is something that I, I kind of like, I want, I'm processing it on my own and I don't really, mm. I don't really feel that comfortable talking about it. So, I mean, I really appreciate the question. But like, it's just not something I feel really great about talking about. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm processing. I'm still, I'll get back to you. Yeah, yeah. Or, or you know, what, what's going on in your relationship with God these days? And you go like, you know, I'm having a hard time coming up with a specific answer that I'm comfortable with. Or, you know, like, honestly, I wouldn't mind talking to you about that sometime. But like, in this group setting, like, it, I just, like, I don't like talking with an audience about stuff like that. You know, and, and you say like, well, I couldn't say that. I couldn't say that. Well, what could you say? And so the, but my point is like, don't hope the question doesn't come. You got to be ready for it. You know, the, the other thing is like the, the, a, a really classic question, like, and it's not really a dodge. Is somebody asks you that question, you go like, that's a really good question. Why, why, you know, I'm just wondering like, what's behind that question? Like, what is it that you really want to know? Or like, why are you curious about that? Um. And, and, and you sort of make the person justify asking the question because mm -hmm. sometimes as they justify asking the question, that gives you a clue as to how, you know, how you can answer it. I've heard many, you know, sort of, you mentioned the word dodge there. You know, yeah, I think sometimes it's okay to dodge a question. Oh, yeah. You know, I think sometimes it's okay to be like, look, <laughs> uh, an old friend of mine uh, once gave this answer in a newspaper article that asked him, asked him the question. And he said, you know... I, I'm very much a part of that conversation, but I've changed my place at the table numerous times, and I think I'm still uh, I'm still changing, you know. <laughs> but it's really like a non-answer in a lot of ways. Like it doesn't actually tell you, yeah, like any anything. Yeah, I'm trying to figure that out. Yeah, that's a great question, you know. And I, the truth of the matter is, I've been moving around on that. I, like I, I, I'm trying to figure that out. What about you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and, and that's the thing, like nobody's allowed to ask you a question unless they're prepared to answer that same question. <laughs> right. And you say, well, well, but I already know where that person's at. And I go like, that's okay. 
So, so you say like, yeah, how about you? And they go like, well, I love Jesus very much. And I, I, I feel very confident in that and go like, wow, like, how did you get to that level of certainty? And, you know, like, you know, and, and what's that doing for you? And you say like, but I'm not interested in their Christianity. And I'm like, there's the key is like, you should be. By even by expressing that you don't know all the answers or even by kind of communicating that you're not so you you weren't dogmatic about something that can open up people a lot too because i think we're so used to hearing just nothing but dogmatic opinions all the time now that you know it's sort of like a breath of fresh air and it gives them permission to be less certain and, and dogmatic too yeah i mean i think that's right but i mean i think sometimes there is a dogmatic moment where you're like i need to say that's wrong mm-hmm this is a moment like you go like, I've got to take a stand on this. Like I've, I've swallowed my tongue four years running. Like I got to say something, you know, this is one I picked up from my friend, Brian McLaren is, you know, he said like, somebody says something horrible at the dinner table. He said, you know, his big thing is he said, like, I just put my hand on my forehead and go like, wow, I see that really differently. Yeah. That's a good line, isn't it? And that's all he says. Yeah, that's that's good. N- not you're an idiot, not you're an asshole, not you're wrong, not that stupid. He just goes like, wow, I think really differently about that. He said, instantaneously, you become the most interesting person at the table. Now, I, I like the idea of like, somebody puts out a dogmatic opinion. And th- th- this would be like going back to Anthony Magnabosco and that street epistemology. And instead of like somebody puts out some opinion at Thanksgiving that you just can't stand. And instead of like going like, that's ridiculous. How can you be so stupid? Or like, you know, I, God, you just go like, wow, how did you like, I'm just curious, like, how did you come to that? Yeah. Like, I like that's a level of certainty that, you know, I'm not familiar with. So like, I, I've, I've heard that opinion, but like, where did you get that? And they said, well, you know, it's, you know, you know, I heard this person say that and you go like, and why do you trust them? You know? And then, and then when they tell you, you just go like, wow, okay. That's, I mean, that's interesting. I just, I, I mean, I was just curious, like how you got there. It is a good thing to have some personal discipline around this because it almost feels good, especially if something's been bottled up for a while, it feels good to sort of like vent it. In, in some of these moments. And, you know, everything we're saying has a lot of intentionality behind it and a lot of holding your wad, so to speak, like, you know, and, and not, not just throwing out everything that you feel at, at every moment. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine, I just read that uh, Ivanka Trump used a personal email account for government business. You know, how many people are going to be so tempted with their, you know, uh, Trumpian family right. members to throw that one at them you know, especially the lock her up Hillary people. And I just think like it would feel good to punch, wouldn't it? But it's, but it, having a sort of a measure of discipline in these kinds of things is, is really probably key for a lot of people. Yeah. And again, it comes back to like, do you, you know, you go like, well, my goal is to like, you know, to take a stand and you sort of go like, do you think you're going to change that person's mind in that setting? Like, is that, is, is that, is that a place where that person's mind's going to, going to be changed? Cause very few people, even if they're going to have their mind changed, they're not going to do it when, when an audience is watching. That's not when you back somebody down. And so, you know, sort, sort of just going like, you know what, what, you know, what can I do here? That's of value. Like what, what, where can I make points and where can't I make points? 
and politics are not always a bad thing. Like, like, you know, in my family, we have some great political conversations around the Thanksgiving thing. But in most cases, if, 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 if it's going to be a scrap, even if you win the argument, you will lose the war. You're not, you're not actually going to walk out of there with somebody going like, wow, thank, I'm going to vote differently next November. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. you know, and so, but, but, but this other thing of setting yourself up as an, you know, as an interesting person, as a caring person, as a curious person. Yeah, I forget what it was. I think it was Eleanor Roosevelt who said, you know, people very seldom remember what you say but they'll always remember how you made them feel. Right, right. Now, a, a lot of this presupposes that you're, that, that you don't walk into that thing feeling wounded or, or like needing something out of these people. And I think a lot of times that's not the case. A lot of the times we go in and we want, we want to be seen or we want to be heard or we want to be a, a loved or we want to be accepted and we know we're not going to get it there. And I think that that's the last piece of advice that I would have for people is there may be somebody you need to talk to the day before Thanksgiving and somebody and so who you tell where you're going and, 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 we, and we say like, this is what I'm scared of. This is what I'm going to try to do. This is what I'm worried is going to happen to me. And, 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 and then somebody who you know is going to be like, I'm going to talk to you the day after Thanksgiving and I'm going to see how it went. And so sometimes, even if I can't stop the pain from happening for a friend, I can share it with them. Because I'd be like, I talked to you the day before. I was thinking about you on Thanksgiving. I was wondering how it went. And then the next day, I'm like, how did it go? Man, I was thinking about you yesterday. And sometimes, you know, one of the things that I think in a community of care that you want to do is you... You want to be thinking about where somebody else is at on Thanksgiving and maybe sharing with somebody what you're going into so that you're not in it by yourself. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I never even thought about, about that. There are a lot of people in those kinds of situations. Yeah. I mean, like I, I, I mean, I write like I right now have five friends at least who I can name who I know are going to have tough Thanksgivings. They're going to go home to families that are, are rough for them. And one of the, you know, one of the, the, the biggest services that we can do in our friends like that is just, is just check in with them before they, before they're, they're heading in and just going like, Hey, I know you're heading in and I'm thinking about you and I'm hoping that it'll go better than you expect, but I'll be here on the other side, you know, call, call me, call me when it's over and know that, and, and like, you know, I'm, I'm here. I'm here to receive that. You go like, what good does it do? You know, if I, if I have to suffer through this thing, what good does it do to know that somebody else is going to suffer through it with me? And I go like, it does a lot of good. Yeah. If you've ever been alone in your pain, it does a lot of good to just have somebody who can't, who can't take you out of it, but that, that you know that they're with you in it. Um, but he's like, why would you devote a whole conversation to just like, this experience and i like because how many movies turn on that big family holiday meal where there's a blowout how many people have stories where they're like that's we we never spoke to each other after that or that's where i got hurt or that's when i decided that my family hated me like yeah. a lot of stuff happens in these settings 
Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, do you got anything that 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 you feel like? The only thing I I thought of uh, <laughs> was sometimes people need an out from a hard conversation, and <laughs> I saw I saw a meme on Instagram, and it said, "What is the most rewatchable movie ever made?" And I thought, man, there's a good question that you can break <laughs> break it up with, if nothing else. And there's probably a lot of stuff like that that you could you, you just talk about, you know, any any number of other things that uh, that can maybe sort of take people out of a hard moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it's funny because in, in my family, after the meal is over and you know we've hung out for a while, like at some, but there's always a movie that we watch, and and you have to be very careful about, you know, like. I think months in advance about what movies are we going to watch after have Thanksgiving. You, have you picked one this year? Um, well, if it's a rent, like I know what we're going to go see. And and in my family, this will work. We're going to go see that movie, um, Boy uh, Erased. Because okay. my mom's a big, you know, and like in my, my, my mom's a big gay rights advocate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a, like, strangely enough, that's a safe movie in my family. Okay. Where like it's a you know it's about it's about something that everybody's on the same page on, and there won't be any violence, and there won't be any explicit sex, and my mm-hmm. you know like my parents get queasy you know they get nervous about that stuff, and so I you know and, and or, or, or or the other movie that that we might go to see that would be fine is like the new Rocky movie the new Apollo Creed oh, yeah. movie like mm-hmm. and you go like really and you go like yeah it's a safe one like it's it's a safe movie for my family, or if it's a rental like mm-hmm. we'll watch like elf yeah you know or we'll watch casablanca or something you know something we've all watched before like this isn't that's not the time to break out like <laughs> that's not that's eyes wide shut no right <laughs> like, like no no edgy art films nothing you know you go with the you go with the standards yeah you know, it's a wonderful life will be just fine <laughs> that'll work yeah man well, hey, I am uh, thankful for you this Thanksgiving, and I hope you do have a yeah. good weekend with your with your family and everything. Yeah, you know, and I, I hope everybody has a better weekend than they're expecting. Yes. Some for some people this will be glorious, and I hope it's even more glorious for some people. This is survival, and I hope it. I hope that some of what we're talking about, like one little tidbit, um, you know, it makes it just a little better than you thought it was going to be. And uh. And, you know, we'll post that article, the Terry Gross article, so that people can find it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for everybody who listens to this podcast. It, it's just been a really glorious experience sort of watching the audience grow and watching the conversation get better. And I hope this, I hope this like, helps it get a little better. Yeah. And you well, know what? After Thanksgiving, if there's nobody that you can tell how your Thanksgiving went, send an email to what, – what's the new address that we're using? Humanize me podcast at Gmail. Yeah, I, I believe that's what it is. Yeah. Send us a letter. And uh and because and, and we care how your Thanksgiving goes if nobody else does. Yeah, and especially anybody celebrating the holiday alone. Yeah. All right, Bart. All right, baby. Thanks. I'll see you on the other side. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. For more on Bart, go to Bartcampolo.org. To leave a question in your own voice to be used in future shows, call the Humanize Me Q line at 424-291. 2092. That's 424-291-2092. Humanize Me is a production of Jax Media.
you could be larger than life. 